shout out to the halftime basketball community from E.Z. Evendorf, former Syracuse basketball player. It's Craig Smith the Rhino, former NBA player, NBC legend. Losing the ball, Smith has it. Hudson, bounce pass to Craig Smith, puts it down. Who's afraid of that big bad wolf? Metal World Peace Pipe. What's going down? It's the big baller, baby. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the halftime community from the big baller himself. That's right. You guys keep it right and tight. Keep doing your thing because big baller brand is in the building and you know how we gets down. But anyways, y'all do y'all thing and we going to do our thing because big ballers got to stick together. Again, shout out to the halftime community. That's right. Big ballers out, baby. And I holla. Let's go around the room. See who we got here for the Halftime Community Podcast Roundtable Part 2. Uh, what, let's start with you, Paul. Uh, my name's Paul Neopis. You can find me at, at NYK. You know, rocking the Nick. That's it, baby. That's how we do it. New York all day, bro. York Knicks all day. There he is. Um, how about how about you, Brian? Hi, Brian. Three uh, fourteen on the on the app. You know, I've been back and forth with everybody here a couple times, but good to uh, see you guys and talk a little hoops tonight. Oh, we just had a back and forth about uh, Steve Nash, no? Yep. I was gonna say I just responded to you just a second ago. <laughs> Mad funny, you could be just the screen name and then the face pop. It was like, oh, I don't know nothing. What's up with you, Tyler? Well, I'm Tyler, um, DBT Rossi. Um, Try to get on there daily. Stands for Daily Basketball Takes. Um, Just try to, you know, I love talking basketball, try doing it daily. And uh, yeah, just try to um, find any hot takes and try to discuss, debate, whatever I can. Yes, sir. And we got a newcomer, too. We got Spencer. Hey, hey. Uh, my name's Spencer, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm a Bay Area native, living in Phoenix, Arizona right now. So uh, it's been a, a long time coming, becoming a, a fan of the game. And my dad's always been a a great coach. He coached my church team and he's always taught me everything I know. And uh, Tyler and I have been friends since high school. So nice. I've got a lot of people who love the game and more than just the Warriors. <laughs> yes, sir. Is the Warriors your main team too? They are my main team. I've always loved watching them, even back when they had uh, their old mascot Thunder until that got stolen. <laughs> Well, let's, let's just start off with the big topic. Um, that's not really a big topic because nothing's really happening, um, but the trade deadline. What are your guys' thoughts on it so far, the big names that aren't really moving, that are supposed to be moving? Um, just somebody throw something out there. No, I don't know if anybody's really going to get traded. I think this is all hype talk, trying to see engage interest. Aaron Gordon, they were throwing his name out there to every team in the NBA. So I was thinking maybe he can just play one guy, one game for every team and just kind of rotate around. <laughs> I was saying that this year's trades have been kind of underwhelming. Like there's been so many talk and just, uh, you know, nothing really happening. I, I saw that, you know, now the Knicks have a, 
uh, injuries in Andre Drummond, which I think if they could come up with a package, uh, possibly replace him with Mitchell Robinson. Paula don't know how you feel about that. But yeah. I think Drummond with the Knicks makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather stick with uh, Robinson's upside because I already know what Drummond is. I mean, yeah. I think because of how large his salary is, it's hard to put in someone else that is making that much to make the deal worth work. And Perhaps I, 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 I see more as a buyout, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, you know, just from a, uh, a health standpoint, because we still haven't really seen Robinson last uh, a full season quite yet. Uh, Drummond's kind of on the downside as well. But, um, I mean, Drummond... I think would be able to put up better numbers than, than Robinson as of as of late. Well, Robinson had a good game yesterday. Seeing rebounds, two assists. Got to get his legs back. Yep. And if you're a person of that size and you come out with a hand injury, you gotta get you gotta get your wind back under you, man. And he's still young. I mean, I mean, Robinson still has so much potential too. Yeah, that's why I'd, I'd rather stick with a player's upside. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I knew I didn't give up half my team. You know. I mean, either way, you guys are, are going to be, you know, going forward, you guys are going to look good. Yeah, that's, listen, man. I've been begging for them to do this for years. You know, stop with the quick fixes. You, know, you can't put a Band-Aid on a busted loop. <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling about Julius Randle? Is he going to be an all-time Nick or what? I don't know. It depends on what kind of money he's going to be asking for. You know, it's, it's, it's always everybody wants to be a player for a team long term until the dollar sign starts coming up and you realize you know, how long that player really wants to be there. Is his current deal up after this year or is it up after next? I forget. I this year. So they'll have to re-sign him this summer? Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested in re-sign him only based off of you know, these past two seasons. Last year, he said he admitted it himself. He tried to do too much. But now, with, with Tibbs as his coach, a new system, he's got, a, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but his, uh, his assistant coach from Kentucky, keeping him grounded. Willing to take a bit of a cut in order to build a little bit more for the team as a whole? If he's willing to do that, then sign me up. If he's looking to uh, pull a Carmelo Anthony deal, he's in the majority of the pile. I've been there, I've seen that movie one too many times already. I saw um, Norman Powell. That's the newest rumor, maybe to the Knicks. The Knicks are looking at Norman Powell. Yeah, I don't know. Ever since the Knicks got good, it's supposedly every player wants to come. I don't know. Or it's like because they know the Knicks have uh, 10 picks in the next three years in the draft. So. Mm-hmm. You think the Knicks Powell could is build? definitely a guy I could see getting moved somewhere, whether that's the Knicks or somewhere else. He seems like someone that Toronto would be smart to cash in on now while he's playing so well, and they look like they're trending in the wrong direction as a team. So he is one of the names I think is likelier to get moved than some of the other bigger names that have been thrown out so far this yeah. year. A couple of stories where they're even talking about trading Siakam, his uh, last fiasco, his latest fiasco with the coach. Yeah, Siakam, and then it was Lowry is going to get traded, then he wasn't for sure, and now he is for sure again. So we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens tomorrow for sure with Lowry. Um, is, there any, is there anywhere you guys could see Lowry going 
that he really puts a team over the top? Um, I, I think one thing is that, uh, I mean, Miami's been putting it out there that they might be shopping for him. And uh, him and uh, Jimmy Butler, they got a pass together from the t- from everything that I've been looking through. And, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone else saw it, uh, this morning. I posted about uh, how players, uh, when they're ha- – like, they actually try harder when they're happy where they're at. And um, I feel like putting Kyle Lowry with uh, somebody else he'll have fun with, um, like he did back with DeRozan, might be enough to put him over the top and – uh, make some moves and make some waves. Yeah, have you given up Tyler Hero for him? Oh, hell no. Or play. Duncan Robinson? Yeah, you could take him and a bag of chips. You'd be all right. But Tyler Hero? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a little delusional to me. I've seen that a few places. People saying, you know, just give up Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry. And after what we saw, I know everybody's hating on the bubble now, but what we saw out of him in the playoffs last year, you can't you can't give that kid up on a rookie contract. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero still has a lot of, you know, untapped potential. Um, and we saw that in the bubble. Like, for a while, he was one of the, um, you know, bigger, younger stars. Like, he was uh, – his, his, you know, stop and pop game in the mid-range was just ridiculous for a couple games. Um but I don't know. Lowry's just one of those pieces where you could get a lot out of him, but he could also, you know, just give you average point guard numbers, in my opinion. Could be a gamble. Exactly. It seems like you know, a guy to me that has really kind of stepped his game up in the playoffs, though, and that I think is what a lot of the appeal with him is: is he's proven that he can perform on those big stages. Honestly, the team that I think would maybe benefit the most from getting him would be the Clippers, but I don't yeah. see how they can put a package together for him. Yeah. Again, I can see that. Yeah, Clippers, Denver. Um, I think Denver's a real possibility because they have assets to actually give up. Clippers, I, I saw Woj talking a little bit earlier today, and he was talking about Lowry, and he didn't even mention the Clippers because he just thinks that they don't even have any real assets to give up if multiple teams are actually trying to trade for him. Yeah, I think that's if, probably if, true. If uh, he goes to the Clippers, then the Raptors are basically in rebuild mode, which, I mean, given their roster right now, I don't think they necessarily need to hit the restart button completely. But, yeah, there, there's no real way of the Clippers giving the Raptors enough for them to be like, yeah, take our, you know, our star point guard that's been a piece of our franchise since forever. Yeah, but aren't they like on an eight-game losing streak, and they just lost to the team with like the longest losing streak in the Rockets? Mm-hmm. Like they're trending downwards. So you're gonna sell. Time is to sell is now before they start losing more. Yeah, and Lowry's—he's basically you know one-year deal, so he's a rent-a-player pretty much because he's gonna be a free agent after this season. And the Raptors too have also been one of the teams that's been hit um, quite a bit with the COVID protocols, like. Um, ben Vliet and Siakam were both out for, um, you know, a week plus, um, a couple times. And then um, I think there were a couple other pieces that, you know, they had to sit out because of the protocols. Yeah. Not, and you know, no excuses, but that, that has had a little bit of an impact. They're a displaced team, too. They can't even play in Toronto. They're playing in Tampa. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tampa Raptors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's Kyle Lowry. Another one I've seen that kind of picked up steam and then lost steam was possible Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown, John Collins type swap. That was one that I never really come out on that. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown has been so big for them this year, um, despite them not having the season so far that they've been wanting. But I just don't see how they would get rid of Jalen Brown right now. Here's the thing. Talent-wise, the Celtics should be a top three, four seed in the East, minimum. And they suck. They have no heart this year. I don't know what happened. Uh, Kemba obviously has had his struggles, but I don't think Kemba's completely to blame for everything that's going on in Boston right now. So I don't know what it is, but they they need to trade somebody. They need to mix it up. I'm looking at my notes right now, uh, uh, and like from some articles that I read yesterday, uh, it looks like Boston is prob- is possibly uh, looking at the uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, I don't really know how much that would help them out in this case, and I don't understand what kind of package they'd build for him. Yeah, I think I it would have to be. They they were talking about Marcus Smart. Just for salary-wise, he would pretty much have to be in the trade. Um, but I, I don't know. That just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I've heard some of that as well. And if I'm the Celtics, I don't think I want to give up smart because we've talked so much about how they've struggled the last couple of weeks. And a lot of that time is when smart has been out. And we talk about how they haven't had heart. Who's the heart and soul of that team? If you ask me, it's Marcus Smart. I don't think he's the guy that you want to trade if you want to try and turn this around. But – like you said, salary-wise, matches up well. So, although they do have that um, exception, I'm not sure exactly how that could be used here. But uh, I think giving up smart is probably a step in the wrong direction if I'm the Celtics. I don't watch many Magic games. Is is Aaron Gordon putting the team over the top? Personally, I don't think so. Um, and you know, we're talking about things post with, um, you know players putting in their all night in night out Marcus Smart is one of those players that will um, go in every day and uh, give it his all he'll he'll leave all of it out on the court but he's a lot of fun to watch because of that yeah I was watching him back in his uh his college days saying those words to him yeah, we'll see. I, I just think I don't know what the Celtics are going to do, but it seems to me like they need to do something. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Unless they're just going like to punt on the season and say, you know, we'll try again next year. That's that's kind of what Danny Ainge likes to do anyways. Like two teams every year that, like, catch the odds, and then they just end up being a bust. And it's like, all right, this team is definitely going to make moves, and then they end up doing, doing nothing. And then the next year, they come out guns season. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So that's Kyle Lowry. We hit um, the Jalen Brown, Boston stuff. Um, anybody else I'm missing on? Any big names that are in the trade market? Uh, Andre Drummond? Uh, yeah, we talked about – hey, Napoleon, we talked about him a little bit. Um, I, we don't think he's, he's going to get traded. Um, I, honestly, I think it would have happened by now if he was going to get traded. He's probably going to be a buyout. Yeah, look, Cleveland should have traded him 
way early or no later than when they ended up uh, trading for um, Jared Allen. That, yeah, that, they should have traded him the day after Andre Drummond had that like 40-20 game or whatever that ridiculous game <laughs> yep. was. He just sat him out and said, you're getting traded, buddy. I mean, it's funny because the Cavs are kind of in the opposite situation that the Rockets were in last year. Like, instead of being guard heavy, they're, like, center and forward heavy. Yeah, they got McGee, Drummond, and Jared Allen. And Larry Nance. Nance is playing well, too. Yeah. Kevin Love, man. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, and Kevin Love. And don't forget Kevin Love. Yeah. Is that going to come to a commercial somewhere? Now, you just mentioned the Rockets, though. And if we're talking about guys that could be traded, I think Oladipo is someone that actually could get moved. I think he's, oh, he's, got, he's clearly a rental, but Houston doesn't need him long term. And he was someone that was very verbal about not even wanting to be, you know, in that trade with, with Houston. Like, he's kind of been wanting out since we wanted him there. So, I mean, what is, what, what is the Rockets' asking price for Depot? I just well, think, the y'all think and do y'all think the Rockets would end up getting that? I don't understand. No. It's it's so weird now because teams shoot themselves in the foot by saying, you know, this guy's on the market, and then all of a sudden, you know, nobody's willing to put an offer on the table, and they just got to buy that guy out. I think the yeah, problem, well, too, is Oladipo seems pretty set on making it to free agency this summer. So whoever mm-hmm. trades for him knows he's a rental, even if they want to sign him long term. I don't think he's going to sign right away. I think they know that they're going to have to outbid the market. So I think that makes teams hesitant to give up whatever it is the Rockets would want, and they're going to have to lower their price if they want it. Yeah, I've seen a couple of reports that his, his ideal destination is to sign with Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that still the case? I, I saw that early in the year, too. Is that still – do you guys know if that's still what he wants? Yeah, he's I mean, a he's a Miami guy. He loves to vacation in Miami. Yeah, I mean that's that's my thing with the, against the Knicks trade as well. Like, like okay, Leon Rose, like how are you gonna convince him to stay? Like, you're gonna give up Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, two draft picks or whatever, and then he loses at the end of the year. So you basically got nothing because the Knicks ain't going anywhere. Like, you know, just making the play for this year. So it's not like they're in competition for a championship or anything. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks going to have to play this thing, like, play it right. You know, don't don't give up too much for something. I mean, I don't think Depot will ever be um, back to what he was before he got hurt. I mean, he's still scoring points, but he's doing it inefficiently. Um, and he's just not having that type of impact. So I know Depot wants, he wants that big payday. I don't know who's going to give that to him. Maybe somebody like Dallas in the offseason, but it looks like the Rockets want two first. They're not going to get two first for Depot. Um, they'll be looking yeah. to get a first, protected first. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, back when he was with, back when he was with the Pacers, uh, he had uh, Sabonis and uh, Miles Turner with him, and one thing that I that I've noticed about them is that all three of them seem like like they work 33 percent of the time every time. Like one can be having a good night and it's just enough to put them over on the game, but uh, take one out and it's just now uh, Oladipo like 
like he was before, works 33% of the time every time. I, I don't think there's uh, all that much worth to him unless he can really pick things up individually. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, I could see him. He's got to fit in somewhere. Dallas, he would fit in well. I think Denver, he could possibly fit in well. It, there's a lot to be seen, though. Oladipo definitely wants to get his shots up. So where, wherever he goes, he's going to be putting up shots. Um, he's going to go to the team that's desperate the most. I think they have the chance right now. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'll see. He, he may have something left in the tank for the playoffs. I mean, well, the good thing about Indy, they made out like bandits. They ended up getting um, Karis LeVert. Yeah. Yeah, they did well with that one. Yeah. I remember, like, the last time we were on, and then I was asking y'all if Miles Turner's going to get traded, and they were like, nah. And now he's on the market. But he, he's someone what? that I think that they could get something um, back with, though, because, like, the thing about Turner is – he he has the potential to do a lot. It's just in recent years, he hasn't been able to really take that team, you know, to the next step. I mean, look, let's call it like we see it. Miles Turner is at best a 12 to 14 point, 7, 8 rebound guy. But right now, he's number one in the league in block shots. Yeah, about four a game, no? It's crazy. Yeah, and he's, he's a center that can pressure. shoot people like that. It it always worries me though when a guy like that is not he's in the trade market every year and nobody ever trades for him. It kind of is like a little Hassan Whiteside syndrome where I worry uh, about you know how he's gonna fit in with the team. What's the word on him in the locker room? You know Hassan Whiteside. If you just look at his numbers from last year, he's what 15 and 12 and a couple blocks a game as a center. Like he should be getting big bucks and then nobody wants to sign him he's just like yep. sitting out there in free agency all off season well, he's in well, I think that, uh, Whiteside's health risk is probably the biggest factor in that I mean he's someone else that uh, you know if he's on your team he's gonna be sitting you know a, at least a couple of games per year what do you mean he's gonna be the new Kawhi oh, uh, not really because no. of um, you know the load <laughs> management but I think just because for whatever reason, the guy can't stay healthy on the court. Yeah. I think ever since Miami gave him that big money, that's it. He's like, yeah. I got money. Thank you. I don't have to yeah. put it all. Because yeah. when he was not Miami and he was hungry, he was, I hated it. The best man yeah. in the game. Yeah. When, when he, he tried getting his 2K rating up and then that was that. Yeah. yeah. When he first broke in, he was like a monster. He was just blocking shots, dunking everything, and then all of a sudden he got paid and it's little Hassan Whiteside came out to play. It's yeah. like a lot of rookies after they get picked up out of college. It's just they kind of uh, think they got there, but there's a whole lot more to it. But yeah. you know what's we'll crazy about Hassan Whiteside yeah. is that he left early for the draft because he played at Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think first stint with the Kings, he didn't get that much PT. Had to thug it out in the G League. She comes back, Miami, you know, putting up those numbers. So, yeah, he was very hungry. I and think then, he went overseas, too, in between. Listen, he got that $100 million contract, and that was it. So them, them zeros, and he was like, I'm good. Yeah, that, that that's that's a little – Miles Turner, <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's a little Hassan Whiteside. It smells like Hassan Whiteside to me. 
When you put it that way, yeah, I can see it. It looks like Celtics, a- just like looking a- at it, looking at what the Celtics need and the assets they've had over the past <laughs> couple of years, he should have been traded to the Celtics already. Like, that should have happened, like, last year. But it just never happened, and it, it makes me wonder. The Celtics should make the Celtics. Well, and I was, re- I was uh, reading recently, too, that the Celtics aren't really, like, the team isn't really a big fan of Tristan Thompson right now, either. Like, I guess he's kind of putting, uh, you know, oh, something with the team chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's he with, Chloe? He I was for a minute, and yeah. then he cheated, I thought. Yeah, the linebacker. <laughs> the linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Kardashian curse, man, is real. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I do not want to go up against her in an Oklahoma drill. I don't want to go head on with Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> you remember anybody remember Chris Humphreys? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The pre Kanye Kim days. And seventy three day married. What a child. <laughs> yeah, he was on top of the world for like thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he get a uh, Kim Kardashian chant when he was at the free free throw line one time? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I was the original Kardashian curse as far as NBA players. <laughs> hey, Devin Booker's still balling, though. Yeah, I just seen a report that uh, Shea Gilgis is going to be out for an extended time. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, really? I mean, what was his injury? Plantar fasciitis. Oh. Mm. That's a tough one. So that's a tough hit for the Thunder. So watch out. Hey, for look. That so might actually help the Thunder get to the top of the draft, yeah. though. That might be good for them in, in long-term thinking. Right. Look, if you guys play fantasy yeah, basketball with, with SGA's injury, pick up Ty Jerome. Yeah. Well, I'm not into fantasy, so that, that's, that's for y'all. <laughs> I like where your head's at. It's a grind. Happens. If yeah. I'm going to get Fantasy, we're going to be talking about something totally different. We'll go back to the Kardashians for that one. (laughs) Okay, we don't have any Lakers fans on, per se, but where would your panic level be at if you're a Lakers fan right now? Oh, I'm pulling my hair out. Zero. Zero? Yeah, I'm at one or two. That's it. I'd say four at most, but, I mean... I wouldn't be insanely worried. If they had players, then I wouldn't be worried. If LeBron and AD are seeing up come playoff time, I don't care what the last couple months of the regular season look like. That's the way I'm looking at it if I'm a Laker fan. Now, I mean, my, my whole thing with the Lakers is, are they really trying to make a trade or are they just trying to talk? Because now you, I mean, you don't have LeBron, you don't have AD. Guess what? Kuzma can get some more PT. Uh, Harold can get some more PT. Um, Schroeder. THJ can get more PT. Schroeder can get more PT. Uh, Caruso. So these young guys, you know, these role players get a chance to step up, get some great experience that will help the Lakers come playoff time and repeat. Are the Lakers still trying to go for LaMarcus Aldridge, too? Oh, God. Who knows? LaMarcus <laughs> Aldridge yeah. Look, LaMarcus Aldridge gets less rebounds than Brooke Lopez, and Brooke Lopez sucks rebounding. <laughs> He's allergic. Amen. 
But how much of him not wanting to be in San Antonio really played into that? I yeah. think him being 35 years old plays yeah. more into it than that. He needs some yeah. That's yeah. Like, you know, at least five years too late on it, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, think, I think the Lakers are just waiting on Drummond to get bought out. And then yeah. probably take a run at Drummond. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Right now they have no real reason to be dropping all that much, uh, even with, uh, like y'all mentioned, even with LeBron and AD out, uh, they've got people who can keep them over the edge right now. Yeah, and then when they, if they can hopefully pick up Drummond, hopefully get better. Look, it, they gonna if the stay? Lakers pick up Drummond, like that, I mean, Drummond can. Drummond is a passer. He can pass out of that five spot. It's kind of like, like a Marcus which they also have. Yeah. Are they gonna <laughs> have? <laughs> yeah. The thing with the Lakers, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But I, it's just, it, it's, could they slip to like a six or a seven seed just from being this horrible when LeBron and AD are out? It's possible, and that's going to make the road a lot harder to get to the finals. If we're being realistic, like, the spread of, like, wins and losses right now, they're not as, like, spread out as they have been over the last few years. I mean, last season and this season, they've uh, kind of been a lot closer uh, due to all the, um, like, regulations and things. So, you know. I do think that this year's Western Conference in the playoffs is going to be, like, a a dogfight. In from beginning to end for every team, like I think that this is the first time in a good while that you can say more than just two or three West Coast teams have the chance at making you know a good playoff run. Yeah, Utah's coming back to earth. Phoenix is taking off. Phoenix has been quietly taken off too. No one's really yeah. talking about how they're sitting in second place. You know what? If I'm Phoenix, I'm loving it. Yes. Yeah. Up in a radar to the playoff side, and then just bang. Agreed. Just stay under the radar. I mean, I the Jazz been taking all the heat. I kind of I mean, hope that they don't uh, become a lot like the Denver Nuggets have been in the past. I mean, the Denver Nuggets would just get up to the second seed or third seed back when the Warriors uh, were taken over, and like the like the Spurs would be right behind them most of the time, if not the if not the Nuggets. But they'd never really make much out of the playoffs even though they did fantastic in the regular season with Jokic and others uh, that they've been able to pick up over the years. Those teams didn't have CP3, man. Everywhere he goes, those teams shine. I mean, look what he did with Oklahoma this year. Uh, I'm kind of on the same page as as Napoleon there. Uh, Like, for me, I've never been Chris Paul as a person fan, but, like, him as a player, like, you can't deny – you know, that he influences winning unlike, you know, Crazy. just about any other point guard in the league. Like, he helped the, the Rockets after they were already established, um, goes to the Thunder, who, you know, as we all know, they were not predicted to do well at all that year. Now he's with the Suns, who were an up-and-coming team last year, and now he's obviously taken them to a next step. And it's just been crazy to watch. To me, he's just – he's the polar opposite of the empty stats guy. It doesn't matter what his stats are. The impact he's having on your team is going to be extremely positive, no matter what the situation. He's mm-hmm. a player coach. Yeah, player coach. That's a good point. It's a team like Phoenix. They need that type of player. You can't have uh, Devin Booker being, you know, the guy who's getting the final say on the court. 
you know, Devin Booker mm-hmm. needs to be like, I know you're going to stay right there. And then when I tell you to move, then you move. Same thing with DeAndre Ayton. I feel like he's he's going to benefit yeah. a lot. He has, he's been up and down so far this season, but I think maybe in the playoffs he could benefit a lot from playing with Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, and he's definitely learned from Chris Paul, too. He's never won a ring with that team they had. It's still mind-boggling. What do you guys think about Lonzo Ball maybe being on the move? I'm New Orleans. I'm not trading him. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I think that he uh, he'll always he'll actually be pretty helpful. Uh, whatever moves around him, uh, but I feel like he'll be consistently good enough to uh, have an impact on the team. And so, getting rid of him, I don't think is all that worth it. Yeah. I think the Pelicans just have to ignore the the noise from LeVar and you know just keep moving forward with them. Yeah, well, now the Le- Pelicans, the only oh. thing that matters to me is who plays well with Zion Williamson and Lonzo Ball plays well with Zion Williamson. Therefore, he's a keeper long term. Simple as that in my mind. Uh, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has been balling out this year. Yeah, that's true. He gets, he gets nothing. Nobody talks about him. Nothing. And if I'm Brandon Ingram, I love it because it, it puts less pressure on me. I could just go out there and play. I don't have the eyes on me. You know, I play. I, you know, I play in New Orleans. You know, nobody looks at the Pelicans as a team to do anything. And then little by little, they creep up on you, and they might lose in the first round, but people are gonna be like, "Damn, they're gonna be good next year." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Brandon Ingram is one of those players that ended up getting hurt by his comparisons. Like, coming into the league, people were like, oh, this guy is going to be, like, the next KD. Like, they're built the same. Their play style is about the same. Um, Obviously, you know, there's huge differences between the two now. But because of that, people kind of underestimate the kid. Like, um, who would know leaving the league? Basically, is the, you know, one of the leaders on that Pelicans team and can surprise you if you, if you, you know, back down from him. Yeah, I would say he's definitely he's definitely going to help them moving forward. You know, being that crunch time guy, um, Zion might not necessarily be the best crunch time guy. Kind of like Giannis, you know, you can just build build a wall around him for the final five minutes, and he he can't really right. do too much. Just keep him above the dotted line, and and then he forgets how to play basketball. Exactly. Yeah. What do you guys think about the Bucks this year? They're playing well again going to be probably a two or three seed in the East. Um, do you think they're going to break through finally, or are they, are they flaming out again? I thought with the addition of Drew that they were going to take off. Like That's what I thought when they traded for Drew Holiday. And now I see they're just the same old Bucks team. You know, they play great during the regular season. They go through their lows, and then they make a push at the end of the season. I don't see them going far. I don't see them beating Brooklyn or Philly. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if the Bucks would have been able to do the sign and trade for Bogdanovic, they still wouldn't have enough. Nah. I mean, look, the Hawks are looking to trade him now. And they yeah. Just signed, so. I can't wait. I'm helping him pack his bags tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, we got Napoleon down there in the ATL, the, the Dirty Bird. Um, so tell me about the Hawks. They, they fired Lloyd Pierce and brought Nate McMillan in, and all of a sudden they're playing really well. Well, the, the schedule had to do a lot, to be honest. Yeah, 
uh, easy schedule, but they're getting it done. You know, the difference between them with Lloyd Pierce and them with Nate McMillan is that they're closing out games. They're winning. Um, Lloyd Nate Pierce, Nate. like the week before he got fired, the way he was talking on sports radio, like he knew something was going to happen. Now, I wouldn't have done it after practice. I would have done it before practice. So that didn't look good, um, you know, here in Atlanta. Um I'm kind of shocked with how successful the Hawks have been with Nate McMillan because Nate McMillan, if you look at historically, has been around a 500 uh, coach and maybe wins a playoff round, and that's it. But he's going to become a free agent this offseason. Um, I think the Hawks are going to have to – I'm still mad at the Hawks for signing Gallinari and Bogdanovic because that money could have been used to sign John Collins. Mm. But I also think Nate McMillan has been a product of the conference he's coached in. He coached with in Portland. He coached in Indiana. You know, so he's like their teams were never getting past Cleveland, San Antonio. You know, so he's like his his coaching record has been a product of the teams he went up against, not the particular type of coach he is. I mean, look, we got we got some momentum. Uh, you know, um, I think we're going to end up getting one of those playoff spots, which is good. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do. We still haven't had a full squad without, you know, injuries this year. Um, Trey Young still turned the ball over. Oh, well, that, that ain't never going to change. I made a post yesterday, too, about the Hawks. And, you know, yeah, they blew that 22-point lead against the Clippers. But the fact that they were up 22 points against that team, you know, speaks volumes too. Um, past couple seasons, Trey Young has really turned it up in the second in the second half of the season, and it seems like he's doing that again. Uh, I don't think that you know they need to completely hang their heads over that loss. Definitely learn from it, but I I do think that the the Hawks are headed in a, in a good direction. The team is super young. Trey Young is gonna I think continually get better, hopefully turn the ball over less. And yeah. it's another team that I like the direction that they're headed. If I'm Trey Young, I'm watching tape on Steph Curry, how he gets to his spots. I'm also watching tapes of Dame Lillard. Now, he's a point guard. Now, he should be having averaging like four or five turnovers a game. He get He getting it like two to three. He should really be watching tapes of Gary Payton to get on that defense. Ooh, that's, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but, but also, you know, we were talking about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is another very small guard that I think that he could learn a ton from as far as playmaking goes, as far yeah. as, you know, protecting the ball, not trying to force passes as much as he, he tends to do. When they signed Rondo, like I didn't know yeah. Rondo was going to be a flame out. Like I yeah. thought with the decisions they made, that they were going to compete for a top four seed. Rondo is another player, though, that his his level of play depends greatly on what team he's on. Yeah, when Rondo signed with the Hawks, I knew it was over for Rondo. If he really wanted to do anything in the NBA, he would have just stayed with the Lakers, but but he he just went for the quickest check he could get. I don't blame him one bit. I mean, who else was going to give him two years, 15 mil? Nobody. No one. Was gonna give him that type of money. 
Celtics legend Rajon Rondo. So what are we thinking about Dallas the Mavericks history right there? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's not forget that. I remember when that trade happened and they were hyping it up like Rajon Rondo is putting the Mavericks over the top. He's going to be an MVP candidate. I was <laughs> maybe the only Mavericks fan of anyone I had ever met that at that time was like, I hate this deal. Why are we trading for Rondo? He doesn't fit our team. Like I, I hate that I I hate that I was right. <laughs> I mean, who did who did the Mavericks give up? Uh, Jay Crowder, we gave him up in the deal, first round pick, I think, and Brandon Wright, who I believe is now out of the league. So Crowder, Crowder was the best yeah. player we gave up in the deal. Mavericks. I mean, you got Luka Doncic. Yeah. So. Oh, trust me, as a Mavs fan, I'm not mad about where we're at right now. We're That's what I'm saying. things have, things have come back around. Everything led up to this. <laughs> well, hey. Ronda's stint with the Bulls also went very forgotten. As a fan of a team who's made dumb move after dumb move after dumb move, <laughs> year after year, and then they, you know, they finally stop making plays and they finally stop winning games, and then fan of fans of that said team are like, "Oh, we got to trade for this guy." I'm like, "No, you don't, dummy. Just relax and enjoy the winning, and that's it." <laughs> Like, like, you know, don't go putting the, the, the wheelbarrow before the cart. Like, what are you doing? Like, we just started winning. Now you want to trade for everybody? Like, here, I got, here, this is the thing. I'll give you two fives, you give me a 20. Yeah, you know, you're building the foundation now. It's not time to put the roof yeah, on like, yet. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, you just put the post in the ground. Now you want to put the floor down. Like, relax. There's levels to the game. Like, you have to, like, first win, get to the playoff, and then take it from there. Yeah, before we move on from the Mavericks, I've seen some uh, – the KP trades are still floating out there. Yeah, I find that hilarious. They yeah. gave him all the time. You just mm-hmm. let him go. I, mean, I think the I, funniest I one I saw on the app was some one of the fans was saying, you know, we'll trade KP to Indiana with um, Tim Hardaway Jr., and they'll give us Sabonis, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and Miles Turner. I saw that one. If we can get Indiana oh, yeah, yeah. for Kristaps, I'll do it. But that's not going to happen, so I'm not going to live in that that reality. Uh, I think at this point, where you shouldn't trade him for 50 cents on the dollar, we should just ride it out. You know, when he was healthy in the bubble last year, he looked awesome. I realize health is always going to be a risk with him. We knew that when we traded for him. It still doesn't make sense to cut bait now and try and get, you know, half a return on our initial investment. I think you have to ride him out because on paper, he's a great fit with Luca. He can yeah. space the floor. He can block shots. Like it makes all the sense in the world that he should be the number two. He just needs to stay healthy. And, you know, he'll have his ups and downs. I'm sure maybe he never will be healthy for the playoffs and that'll suck as a Mavs fan. But I think it's worth worth holding on to him and finding out he was on before the Mavs. i know i know exactly what yeah, you're talking about say, we have a former kp disciple here um <laughs> I, I seem to remember tell me if tell tell me if i'm misremembering this but when kp was on the knicks he, he had a little mean streak in him he would play some defense yeah yeah he would hustle he would ball but i mean like then uh, he would land on his toe wrong and he was like all right i gotta come out for like six weeks Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think that injury is one of the biggest reasons why his tenacity has kind of dropped since uh, his time oh, in New York. Back-to-back yeah. years with leg surgeries, that'll do it to you. When you're that height and like you're, you're relying on your legs to do everything. You know, 
Nice. I mean, he's not Sean Livingston. Like, Sean Livingston is an alien. Like, yeah, I was Moby. just about to say, uh, Sean Livingston is my favorite player of all yeah, time. I, I love his story and everything about him. I balled out, and I was like, who is this dude? Like, like he did he go the Kobe route, and he went overseas, mm-hmm. and went, you know, that blood thinner through his legs. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this guy is balling out. Like, this guy has no legs. Like, they, the reports came out like he has, like, no cartilage in his knees. And I'm like, and this guy is still playing basketball. It's crazy. Steve Kerr said that the Sean Livingston story is one of his favorite basketball stories of all time. And yeah, you know, Sean Livingston is actually um, working. He's he's with the uh, Golden State Warriors organization as, like, yeah. a director, player development, or something like that. Him and yeah. Leandro Barbosa both came back to – to help, I think both in the same thing. Yeah, the Brazilian blur. Yes, sir. Oh, that was a good I used time. To Barbosa. <laughs> that guy was awesome. Hey, he he's he's one of my two K faves, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> what about Monte Ellis, man? Where's Monte Ellis rank? He ain't back with the team. No, I don't know. No, he back in Mississippi. He, yep. he didn't leave on good terms. Like, honestly, like, he, he had an interview and he was like, yeah, I'm thankful for my time here. But I think at the core of it, he was pretty upset that he was traded. Oh, I would I would be, too. Like, like nobody knew Steph Curry was going to be Steph Curry at the time. Yeah, and he wasn't even happy to have Steph Curry on the team at first. He was like, there's no way that we can play together. And, I mean, they, they sort of made it work, but, you know, the team knew uh, that they – couldn't be together in the end and so they made the decision and i was one of the very few fans at the time that was like this isn't a bad choice actually like uh spencer felt the same way too like monte you know he was my first favorite player but at the core of it all he was you know not the kind of player that you want to lead your team to a championship yeah my my dad uh uh, like i mentioned he's the one who taught me everything and then uh i'd be like watching games with tyler um, and when it came to Monte, um, my dad called him a cancer. Uh, he, he just oh, simply seems to be cold. He, he's powerful and he could do a lot. But the thing is, is that he's really not got, he's going to drag it down in the long run because he's just always got to have, um, the spotlight on him. He's always got to be doing he's something even when it's not good. He's a me player. Me, 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 me. Look at me. However, his highlight plays are insane. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Monte Ellis is sharing Golden State stories with Gilbert Arenas. Mm. <laughs> yes. Beyond Golden State, my favorite player was Jason Richardson, man. Oh, yeah. Mm. He was awesome. That boy could fly, man. See, it's funny, though, because, like, still my favorite um, play of all time was the Baron Davis dunk over Kirilenko. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, my gosh. That, because, I mean, just the reaction from the fans and him, I don't know what it is, but him pulling up his jersey was just like the mm-hmm. best celebration to to come out of that. When they beat the Mavericks that year as the eighth seed, I was hyped, and I'm not even a. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you guys listened to the uh, All the Smoke podcast with um, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, but they talk about their celebration after that series. They're like, yeah, we partied way too hard. We probably could have beat the Jazz, but we partied way too hard. I can't even imagine. But Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. Yeah. Well, they they partied in a hotel room, getting high with Don Nelson. Oh, with <laughs> yeah. That was the key to that series. Was Don Nelson was like, yo, 
Screw the Mavericks. That's my favorite (laughs) team. We are going to beat them. And he did. Like, credit to him, man. I'm a Mavs fan. Obviously, I hate remembering that. But credit to them. They got the job done. Yo, I ain't trying to rub no salt in the wound, man. But that series was great, man. That series had everything. Like, if you're a basketball fan, how can you hate that series? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're a Mavs fan. That's how. <laughs> That's the only way. That's, That's about it. It still stings, though. Listen, oh, how sad we were, is it? That we were the one seed. Of course it stings. <laughs> Through other teams' victories. I mean, come on now. We want to talk about what's really sad. I, I'm just glad Dirk got one. Yeah, oh, me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Going up against LeBron, no less. And that was another great series, too. I think, I mean, uh, in me- in recent memory, that's got to be one of my favorite, you know, um, championship. Tyson Chandler, uh, song hero. Mm-hmm. Jason Terry, Tyson Chandler. Yeah, he locked Jason it down. Jason Terry was unreal. Jason the Jet. Mm-hmm. Jason yeah. the Jet. Jason, Jason Terry got a tattoo of the Larry O'Brien trophy on his leg right before that season started and said, we are winning the championship. And I remember that. One of my favorite yeah, stories ever. Yeah. That's calling your shot right there. And that was before LeBron got the revenge uh, with the, uh, the major. Oh, <laughs> oh, the yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> Never. Was really still my, what? Right? Wasn't he still? Yeah, he was still in Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah, which, exactly. which dunk was worse? LeBron on Jason Terry or, or D Wade on Anderson Verajal? I got to go Verajal. Yeah. Yeah, Verajal. Uh, that one was However, D Wade on Verajal or DeAndre Jordan on Brandon Knight? Yeah, that's the worst. Oh, Brandon one. Knight. No cut. <laughs> that one that one beats everything. If that's part of the conversation. So I mean that, that man annihilated him. Brandon yeah, Knight was, had it rough, man. He got knighted. Yeah. 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 Now who who Shackton was better, JaVale or Brandon Knight? Hey, JaVale. <laughs> I'd probably say JaVale. I'd probably say JaVale. <laughs> Don't let him hear this though. He he gets upset when he you does. bring up tragic Bronson. But who was he'll bring his mom into it? Mm-hmm. Who was it? Oh. I think it was the Rockets that had two wide open dunks and missed them back to back. Sam Decker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how? One okay, two. As a, as you a know, white like the, guy, those always make me feel better about myself playing the game. As yeah. a white guy who likes to see white guys dunk, you remember when the white guys go up and they miss dunks. <laughs> hey, what about <laughs> Birdman? In the slam dunk contest. Oh my God! Well, any story with, with, with Chris Anderson is just something. Yeah. yeah. Well, all I'm gonna say is, is for a white man in a dunk contest, Brett Barry. And he had the warm up suit. I mean, Steve Nash wasn't technically the one dunking, but his moments in the in the dunk contest with Sotomayor <laughs> was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's Nick's legend, Amari Stoudemire. Oh yes. <laughs> Hello? Did Amari go Jackie Moon and become like player owner of uh, some Israeli team after he left the Knicks? Yes. Am I remember? Am I remembering that right? He was literally the owner and played, right? Yeah. And I forgot the Israeli team, but I, you know, I did some research uh, when, you know, he was over in Israel, and he was still taking his baths and wine. Mm-hmm. Amari Stoudemire. That's that's a good name. People forget about Mari Stoudemire because he got hurt at the end of his career. But, man, that guy came out of the gates firing. 
Well, I mean, him and Steve Nash together, like they they put together some of the best uh, pick and roll plays, like highlights that I love going back and watching. If we're speaking of Amari Stoudemire, I was at his uh, rookie season in the Garden when Antonio McDice blew out his leg. Oof. Uh, oof. I was sitting right behind the hoop too when he went for the putback and dunked it. It was the best and the worst time of my life. <laughs> that dunk was that putback was amazing. And then he went down, and boom. And I had to slap my friend in the back of the head because he jinxed me. He was like, oh, it hurt this game. And we I know were like. literally sitting right behind the basket, and he dunked, and then he collapsed. So I just slapped my boy in the back of his head. I was like, mother. <laughs> that was it. I jinx players all the time. I jinxed Zion at the beginning of his season. If you remember, he got injured. I just... I just had the strongest feeling. I, I told Tyler that we uh, he was just going to go down and it was going to have an effect on him for a while. So, oh, man. What had a bigger effect, that or his shoe exploding? <laughs> well, I mean, that someone's got to teach that dude how to walk. <laughs> <laughs> he walked. I've just never seen anything like that shoe explosion. Like, that doesn't happen ever. What, like, was how? Crazy. I mean, Monty Ginobili was close. Remember that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the bird. He's had some highlight moments for sure. Yeah, the Zion Williamson. That moment is still my favorite. Zion walks like he's a WWE wrestler walking up to the ring. Oh, yeah. Holding his shit. Might be a good uh, post basketball career for him. He's got the yeah. build. He's definitely built for it. Shaq and Charles. Yep. Shaq Sha- just went on. Yeah. Yep. You know what's crazy about Zion? He's from my hometown. Is he? Yeah, he went to a private private school in my hometown. And, man, like, I remember my, I think his sophomore year in high school, um, one of my former teammates um, kind of that trained him um, and, and some other guys, he's like, he told me, he's like, hey, watch out for this guy. He's gonna be something. And I'm like, all right, sure, yeah, just, all right. just send me some videos. And then I started looking at those videos. This is sophomore year. And I'm like, oh, shit. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right when his mixtape started coming out his sophomore and junior year. Well, your buddy was right. He, he did yeah. turn into something. Yeah, Zion did the best early money. Zion the and Ja were on, on the, the same age. On the shop was talking about how you know, it was hard to gauge how good uh, Zion was going to be since most of his early mixtape stuff was just against a bunch of, you know, smaller white guys. <laughs> yeah, he's just throwing down on everybody, but you don't know how good those guys are. Yeah. Listen, I went to school. I went to school with Stefan Marbury, man. He used to kill what? us. What? Oh, yes. And, then, and like, like my, my older friends, like, the dude was illiterate. Couldn't read for nothing. Like, <laughs> Um, I don't sound like him at all. (laughs) At the time, Mr. Sofa, he saw that this dude, like this young kid had talent. So like he helped him, he helped him go all the way. Like he helped him get into Lincoln High School, helped him get into Georgia Tech. He had some of my friends teach him how to read, teach him how to write. Like when this dude was on the basketball court, I remember we used to, it was five of us and him. And we lost 11-0. Five of them. And him. Damn. Yeah, with, without Stefan Marbury, we may never have Sebastian Telfair. So we, we got yeah. we gotta thank him for that. 
Yeah, I watched Sebastian Telfair's dumbass filling up his car in Coney Island after he got his first check. And then he thought he was cool because all his friends were out there. And then he decided to uh, do 50 miles per hour out of the gas station and got pulled over like in two seconds. I'm like, this is what happens when young kids get money. They, you know, they didn't come from nothing. And then they have something. And they need to just like show everybody they have something. Like, you can't, as soon as quick as he came, is as fast as he went. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Shaq's the perfect example of that. Blowing, what was it, 1.5 million in one day? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least he's still got a couple hundred million to work with. Yeah, though. I mean, now, now he's fine. Don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just had to show. I mean, he, he has investments in everything. Yeah, it's Papa John's, man. Look. Uh, yeah, the uh, Krispy Kreme um, in Atlanta got burnt down a couple weeks ago. Shaq owned that one. Yeah. Mm. Well, over here we call it crackhead cream. It's not much. See, what's crazy? I lived in New York for for two years, and like Dunkin' Donuts there is insanely big compared to like anywhere else I've been. Yeah. Like you guys love your Dunkin'. Well, now it's Starbucks. Okay. Look, mm-hmm. I don't drink Starbucks, but then now it's Starbucks. Oh, they took over. <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. Starbucks is uh, it's it's high class shit. Like if you want the best shit on the market, you go to Starbucks. If you yeah, want okay, you go to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, like like they built they've built a lot of Dunkin' Donuts here in the Atlanta area, and I'm like, who eats this shit? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I thought. I, I never really liked Dunkin'. I'm not gonna lie. It's just not that good. No, America <laughs> runs on Dunkin' my butt. <laughs> it's an East Coast thing, too, because I'm out here on the West Coast. We we barely see them. It's picking up down here in Arizona thing. for some reason. Money, that's why. Yeah. Arizona Arizona's about money. Yeah. It's big Arizona that you can't move to if you don't make a certain amount of money. With the heat in Arizona, you can cook Krispy Kreme donuts really fast. I was with my wife in Turkey. It was 115 degrees. I came out <laughs> the pool and dried in three seconds flat. I went back in the pool. I, I smoked. <laughs> jumped back in the pool. I was like, yeah, I'm getting out of I looked at my wife. I said, like, I don't know how you laying in here tanning. My wife is dark skin. I'm fierce. I burn like three seconds flat. I'm a little darker than Mitch, but, you know, not by I mean, much. That, that's, hey. that's everybody. Let's hey, be honest. Hey, skin problems. That's it. Listen, man, I jumped right back in the water. I was like, ah. The water started bubbling. Like, there was steam coming out the top. It was so hot. Hot tub. It was ridiculous. Speaking of donuts, um, James Harden in the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> How's nice. everybody feeling? That transition, uh, though. Yeah. <laughs> How's everybody feeling about the Nets? Well, as a Knicks fan, personally, who cares? <laughs> as a fan of basketball, you're doing anything. So does anyone get the feeling that Kevin Durant's injuries are doing more to him than the Nets are really letting on? Oh, yeah. yeah I it's mean, almost, it's definitely uh, possible. It's almost been 20 games. The Nets are the Mets. I mean, I do think that they're gonna they're gonna keep him on the bench until they really need him. But I was saying at the beginning of the season, like, yeah, he's gonna come out swinging, 
But that Achilles injury is going to catch up to him sooner or later. That's the reason why I did not want him on the Knicks. I'm like, because they're going to sign him. Like, I can't stand Kyrie. As nice as he is, like he can go take a walk. Well, you know? he, he's been taking walks. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's on a walk right now. He's got a lot of time. This is what I tell people. He's walking his Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> being a player on the Knicks and being a player on the Nets. If the Knicks were going through all these issues, like they, they would be nonstop comments. Like, all oh, these dummies, they did it again. They signed KD and Kyrie, you know, 100 and uh, what they get, 160 each, $320 million down the drain. And now they're playing on the Nets. And it's like, oh, wait, the Nets got KD, Kyrie. Now they're getting hardened. You know, or we want JJ Reddick or we want Andre Drummond. I'm like, how bad are the Nets that you need more and more and more? That's what I'm saying. They they're the Brooklyn Rain Chasers, man. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, so it's like, so it's like, yeah. People are like, oh, I talked to this Net fan. He's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be happy. I'm like, yeah, we're 620 of y'all. Yeah, it's it's not built to last either. It'll be one yeah. or two years, and then they're they're gonna have they're a break. Four years. It's not happening. They're not gonna. Have and you gotta think about the the financial side of things too. Like, there's yeah. no way that they can keep all these players on the same team for an extended I period mean, of time. Yes, what's his name has unlimited amount of money, but they're still not gonna be able to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I they mean, don't the, win this season, I could definitely see at like out of the out of like I mean, Katie, Tyree, and all them, I could I, see at least one or two of them fizzling out. As nice as they're playing right now, this is what I tell people: like when you're going from team to team to team, it's much easier to win. When you give one team seven games to focus on what you do wrong, weaknesses are going to be exposed like that. Mm-hmm. Can't play defense. All they have to do is run on you. You know, like yeah. all you have to do with the Nets is run. Like they'll be tired in like three seconds flat. You're gonna have to score more points than the Nets. So that's their motto this year: score more points than the opponent. Go to the not the last one, the game before that. They lost to the Wizards. And they went yeah, that was weird. and lost 145 to 141. So all you have to do is follow that trend and you're going to beat the Nets. Well, I the mean, Wizards really, figured something out because they, they beat them earlier in the season, too. They beat them twice. They would have beat them the third time if they were able to come back. They, they, so Zan, they figured something out. Yeah, just run. Remember. The Cavs, too. Yes. That's just run. Yeah, the Cavs gave it to them, too. This is what I tell people, like, ah, no, no, they, they're, they're, they're going to be good because they got this guy and that guy and this guy. I'm like, yeah, but when you're the opposing team knows what you do wrong, and if they have a coach that knows what he's doing, like, they're not going to make it. So, and one of the things, too, that a lot of people overlook is, so I'm, I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan. I think he's one of the, you know, greatest uh, NBA, you know, I, like, he just knows his stuff. And he talks about NBA players needing the secret, which he learned from Isaiah Thomas. And basically that's, you know, put your personal stuff aside and worry about what the team needs. If you are able to do that, then you're going to be fine. With people like James Harden and Kyrie, Katie to an extent also, like they can't put their own egos to the side and just think about what does this team need versus what do I need? Their vagina should be their own I, I was know. I was I was hoping 
that they didn't learn anything else from Isaiah Thomas, you know, with him <laughs> and the handling of women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> women. The Knicks. So we talk about that. Like that ruined my childhood. <laughs> well, my, at my, least he's a great evaluator of talent. Yeah. Oh yeah. After Ben Wallace. Yeah, I give him that. But I mean, evaluator and running a team, two different things. Yeah. Can we say Phil Jackson, like great coach? You want him to run your team, though? No thanks. Um, I just want him to bring me Janine Buss. That's it. Hey. <laughs> For personal reasons or to run your team? <laughs> uh, it could be a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you mad because she hugged Montrez and not you? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Somebody reach out to that man. Give him a hug. <laughs> he needs it. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> left- it's for the Lakers, and now the, the Clippers are doing better than the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Luke Kennard is scoring 20 points in the second half, shooting perfect from the field, uh, the Lakers. He's going to give you 2.6 turnovers and one rebound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always happens. It always happens. I mean, when I-, I hear, when I hear Luke Kennard... Look, I mean, I, I just cringe at the fact that he's getting paid Timothy Mozgov money, okay? Timothy Mozgov. Has anybody heard of him? He, he's in Russia, drinking the steel vodka. <laughs> I mean, he's got, he'll, he has enough money to buy a whole distillery himself, so. Yeah, well, he could thank the Lakers. Who, who gave him that money? The Lakers? Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the L.A. Lakers. Mm-hmm. Before I let you guys go, let's go around the room and get the finals picks. NBA finals, if you had to pick it right now. Let's start with Paul. Well, my original pick was Philly, so I'm going to stick with them. And uh, right now, Utah is kind of disappointing me a little bit. And and so I'm going to make a shock pick and go with Phoenix. Phoenix? Philly Phoenix. I like it. Let's go with uh, Brian. Who you got? I'm going to keep it real simple. Brooklyn versus Lakers. Fair enough. Let's go to... I don't want to do any actual work. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to uh, Tyler. Um, So I've constantly been saying the the Nets are probably a surefire um, team for the Eastern Conference. I do think it's going to be close between them and uh the Sixers like if they you know if they do face each other in the playoffs and they probably go to seven um but I do think Brooklyn's still going to come out on top and I am still skeptical with the Jazz but I think just for the heck of it I do think that they could possibly you know get over that hump so I would say Brooklyn Jazz Brooklyn Jazz nobody tuning into that one (laughs) What about you, Spencer? Who you got? Um, I, I feel with everybody who's going to try a bit too hard uh, on the Nets, uh, I, I think they're going to self-destruct, honestly. I think that Philly's going to make it all the way on the East. Um, and then uh, I think considering what they're doing right now, uh, I think the I think it's going to be uh, Philly and Phoenix. It's going to be the – it's just going to PH <laughs> on both of them. <laughs> Uh, I think that Chris Paul's really gonna 
gun for it. I think he knows that he doesn't have all the time in the world anymore. Man, if he gets that ring, State Farm commercials for everybody. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, <laughs> man. Napoleon, who you got? Ooh, I, I know the media wants Brooklyn. They want the Lakers. Um, the basketball purist in me, <clears throat> um, Chris Paul, he's never gotten a team into the finals. His best chance with that game seven with Houston, he didn't play because of that groin injury, and Rockers lost it. So as much as I want to see Chris Paul make it to the finals, I don't see Phoenix. I would like to see Utah because I think they are they're really balanced. They play great as a team. I like seeing that. If the Lakers are if they have injury issues, I'm gonna have right now I'm gonna have to go with Utah. Um Philly can match up with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn does not have an answer for Joel Embiid and DeAndre Jordan is going to have to foul Embiid, and B can hit free throws. DeAndre Jordan can't. Nick Claxton is gonna, he's gonna. They're gonna have to hope Nick Claxton turns into Will Chamberlain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Embiid is going big on both of them. Um, Philly has the guards to match. You know, Shake Milton is very underrated. Um, as both the offensive so guy and defensive hard. guy, uh, Ben Simmons can also match up with KD um, <clears throat> and Harden and. Kyrie, Philly, Philly, and Utah. That was my pick the last time, but Utah is depressing me right now. Can I just add in something real quick? Yeah. I think uh, I think right now the Milwaukee Bucks are loving that we are not giving them any credit whatsoever. We didn't even bring them up as a possibility there. They were the best team in the East the last two years. They didn't do well in the playoffs, so we just dismissed them. I think I think they love being under the radar right now. I don't know that they're going to win, but I think they love being under the radar. Listen, if they win, the Milwaukee Bucks fans would be surprised. Yeah, I just can't. (laughs) I can't. I can't say it. I can't give into it. I don't believe in Giannis in the playoffs until they start using him differently. Mm -hmm. Like when when the when your offense is give Giannis the ball and get out of the way, it's not going to work. Yeah, will have a highlight here and there, but it's never enough. Yeah, Brooke Lopez shooting threes, like what? Like, where's the lead going? Yeah, hey, I just, but I can't. Brooke Lopez dumped the other day, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> was it better than Blake Griffin's dunk, though? I know. Probably, it's probably better than what Blake Griffin can do now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna throw a name out there. I'm gonna throw a weird pick out there. I'm gonna go Miami Lakers part two. Let's just do it again. Oh. So that means Miami is going to start shanking people and, like, players are just going to start dropping. Like, hey, they've been doing it lately. Bam out of bio. you have them picking up Lowry tomorrow to make that happen? No. Yeah. way it is. Drop Peter for Lowry. Yeah, totes. Jimmy they Butler, take- revenge against the Sixers. He gets it done, beats the Sixers again, goes to the finals. It would be a good depot. It wouldn't happen. We shall see. Anybody else got any hot takes, anything they want to get off the chest before I let you all go? I was just going to say, you know, pay attention right now. Brooklyn and Utah are playing right now, so possible finals uh, preview. Yeah, but, I mean, the players that you want to see. Are playing for Brooklyn? Yeah, no one right now. 
This, I think this, it's safe to say whoever wins this regular season game between Brooklyn and Utah is definitely the finals favorite. Absolutely. Give him the ring now. Yeah. <laughs> a little well, that's, premature, that's but who cares? Yeah. That's, that's the most desperate organization in all of sports right now. Heck yeah, it is. It's, I mean, I, I'm definitely one to criticize the Jazz because they haven't done anything outside of the second round uh, since Darren Williams was there. And I think that's just going to continue. Well, I mean, no, nobody on their team has carried a team individually. Very true. Harden couldn't do it. KD couldn't do it. Kyrie couldn't do it. I mean, every team that Kyrie has played on has played better when he left. You got to keep in mind, though, they don't have to do it individually because they're all three there right now. Yeah. They have yeah. each other to lean on. How, like I said, know. hopefully they don't self-destruct with everybody trying a bit. Or they all get injured and they lean on each other while injured. <laughs> they're, they're still in the honeymoon phase right now. You know, once they reach real adversity, drop two games in a row in the playoffs, then you'll see the real emotions start coming out. And, you know, Kyrie will be having Steve Nash fire. Well, I'm sure that there's going to be a, some, some kind of hardened KD beef at some point, too. Of course. All right, I got a hot take. Brooklyn loses in the playoffs. KD Bam. will request a trade to play for whoever wins the championship. <laughs> <laughs> KD on the move, part three. Then that happens. The next chapter. Uh, the next, uh, next chapter. Land of the snakes. And then when KD gets 36 years old, he's going to go back to Oklahoma City and finish his career. No, that's what that's when he'll sign with the Knicks finally. No, we don't yeah. I'll be I'll be in front of the garden with a club gate, tell him go the other way, so go the other <laughs> Give him the Patrick Ewing treatment. <laughs> yeah, beat it. Beat it. Who are you? Kevin Durant never heard of you. Uh... <laughs> I mean at least, you know, take care of it before he gets in there so then he's not Charles Oakley. All right, fellas. Well, I'm going right. to go ahead and let you go. It's It's been real. It's been real fun. Yes, yes sir. sir. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll do this uh, probably towards the end of the year, right before the playoffs start, just to see where everybody's at. Yeah, and then and then we'll see how, how our predictions have come to fruition or not. <laughs>